All right, well, let's open our Bibles tonight to Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll begin reading in verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Fits in pretty good with the drama. Funny how the Lord works. Amen. This message has been stirring in my heart uh, this week, especially. And uh, of course, I've preached on this text before, but this particular emphasis I'm going to bring tonight, actually, this is the first time I've ever preached this. So um, God's especially brought this to you. Amen. And I pray that it will be. anointed by God for his purpose. Okay, let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for each person that's here. I thank you, Lord, for Northern Lights Christian Center and uh, Hayward and this entire area, Lord. And I thank you, Father, for the things that you want to do in this place and the glory that you want to be revealed in this place and the strength that you want to bring to your people so that they can be enabled to do what you want them to do, Lord. And tonight, as we look into these scriptures, we just pray that you would bring light to them and that you would speak through them to our hearts, O God. And that, Lord, you would even enable me tonight, Lord, to speak as the oracle of God. Lord God, that your word would go forth and penetrate the hearts and give us an insight, Lord, to see maybe where we've stumbled in some areas and where we can now get up and walk with a new strength and a new stability. I thank you, Lord, for the power of your spirit in this word, Lord. And I ask you to individualize and customize this message to each person here, to their heart, to their life, to their ministry, to their family, and to their sphere of influence. Father, I thank you for your will tonight being done in Jesus' name. And all the people shouted, amen. Amen. And all the people shouted real good, Amen. amen. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand. Against the wiles. That's the trickery and the tactics of the devil. For we wrestle not. Against flesh and blood. Some people want to read that verse and just stop where it says we wrestle not. But how many know we have a battle? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we're not fighting people. Amen? We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There are spirits around about here. Amen? There are angels of the Lord, and then there are demonic powers. And we wrestle against those demonic powers. They're at work in the earth today. They're behind much of the evil that we see in the world today. It's because of demonic influence. And all evil comes really from the source of Satan. He's the one that got it started in the first place. Wherefore, since we're in this battle... Take unto you the whole armor of God. Amen. Amen. We can't be satisfied with a partial armor. Amen. We've got to take on the whole armor of God. That 
ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore. Having your loins girt about with truth. Having on the breastplate of righteousness. And your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, which I already exhorted you some on praying for the saints and praying for ministers, and as Paul said, and for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth, how? Boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Amen. Yeah, we need to pray for one another. Amen. There's a lot spoken in the scriptures about praying for Christians. Amen. You think the Lord would always be telling us about praying for the lost. But you see, the Christians need to be prayed for so they can be strong because a weak church will not win the, win the Lord, win the people to the Lord. Amen? Or it's like uh, I've got some, a few sheep at home. Amen? And uh, the goal is for them to have lambs every year. Amen? Well, if they're weak and sickly, they won't have any lambs. Amen? Well, the, God wants his church to have some lambs every year. Amen? He wants us to have a lamb crop in the church. Amen? The young ones coming to the Lord. Well, we need to be strong. Amen? We need to be strong in the Lord. And there's some prayers in the book of Ephesians that teach us how to pray for the church. Specifically, in the first chapter, he tells us to pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, that we might know the hope of His calling and the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of His power towards us who believe. Amen. According to that mighty power which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places, far above all these principalities and powers and might and dominion, every name that is named, not only in this world, but in the world to, co to come, and gave Him, Jesus, to be the head over all things unto the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. We're His body. See, we're walking out His plans. Amen. You know, the head needs a body. And that's what God did in sending Jesus. He made a new creation. Amen. He made a new body. Amen. The devil thought he was getting rid of Jesus <laughs> by getting him crucified. But he, he was buried and he rose again from the dead. Amen. And he ascended into heaven and he poured out his spirit. Amen. The, the Lord went up. The Holy Ghost came down and the church went out. Amen. That's the pattern. Can I have an amen? So he said, pray, Paul says, I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation. See, we need to know about this power. What kind of power is it? Resurrection power. We have power to raise the dead. Amen. Sometimes literally and sometimes spiritually. But we have power to bring life where there's death. 
Amen. That's what the preaching of the gospel is. It's bringing life where there's death. See, preaching the gospel is spiritual warfare. Because preaching the gospel is assaulting the lies of Satan and bringing forth the truth of God and setting the captives free. That is one form of spiritual warfare. And then in the third chapter, he had another prayer for the church. And that was that we would be strengthened by might, by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ would dwell in your hearts by faith and that you would be rooted and grounded in love and you'd be able to comprehend with all the saints the length, the breadth, the depth, the height to know the love of Christ which passeth all knowledge and that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, how many think we could win Hayward if we were filled with all the fullness of God? Yeah. So we need to be filled with all the fullness of God. And then he says, now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think. Now, I can ask or think a lot. But the Bible said he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or think. Hallelujah. That's encouraging to me. Amen. But it's interesting then he says, according to the power that worketh in you. Amen. So God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to what? The power that works in the church. Amen. So we need to get this power released. Amen. We need to get this army going. Amen. We need to get the people of God stirred up to know their, you know, who they are in Christ and what they have and to be filled with God and to go out filled with God, reaching this world for him. So now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in you. Unto him be glory. Where? In the church. In the church. That's what we were preaching about this morning. Throughout all ages, world without end. So Ephesians really lays the groundwork in the picture of this whole thing about the body of Christ. And also we've talked about tonight about the fivefold ministry gift, the purpose of the fivefold ministry gift to encourage and to equip the saints so that they can do the work of the ministry. So you're all ministers and you were commissioned this morning. So if you were here, you were commissioned, praise God. If you weren't, you're commissioned anyway. So you better get equipped. Can I have an amen? amen. So he talked about all those things, you know, Ephesians chapter one, Ephesians chapter two, so about uh, the new birth and and the new life, and then chapter 3 about being strengthened, chapter 4 about the fivefold ministry gifts, chapter 4, verse 17, he says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. And so from Ephesians 4, 17, all the way to six verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 9, right, right before where we're talking about here tonight, it's all about our walk. In other words, our lifestyle. The, the Christian walk is our lifestyle. How many know it matters what you do in this life? Amen. Some Christians have the idea, well, I'm forgiven. That's it. No, you're forgiven and then you're changed. Amen. And then you walk in that change. Amen. And then when you do that, Christ is manifested. You see, you're not supposed to walk in the vanity of your mind like the rest of the world. Can I have an amen? We're different, praise God. We're new creatures in Christ. So Paul spent a lot of time talking about how to walk 
in this new life. Amen. How to treat one another, how to love one another, and how not to give place to the devil, and how not to be in bitterness, and how not to lie and cheat, cheat and steal. And, and also he talked about the family, how to operate in the family, how the wives should uh, submit to themselves to their husbands, respect their husbands, and the husbands should love their wives just like Jesus loved the church, and the children should obey their parents. And he also really got to meddling and start to talking about servants obey your masters and masters treat your servants right. So he gets into employer-employee relationships. And he's really talking about getting down where the rubber meets the road in our daily life. Amen. And by the way, that's spiritual warfare too. Because when you're walking in holiness, amen, you are bringing forth Christ in the earth and you are bringing forth his victory. Amen. And you are putting the devil right where he belongs, under your feet, under your feet, under your feet, under your feet. Amen. And that's kind of what we're getting to tonight because we're going to talk about God's boot camp. God's boot camp. See, because we're in a war. Amen. But we've got to be prepared for a battle. Can I have an amen? amen? And the war that we're in, folks, is mainly a war of truth versus lies. Essentially, that's what it is. It boils kind of down to truth, the truth versus the lie. You can see it in the book of Genesis. When Satan came into the garden, what did he say? Hath God said. So he sowed a seed of doubt and unbelief. He sowed a lie. And Adam and Eve bought into it, amen, and ate the forbidden fruit, amen, and opened the door for the devil to come into the human race. The lie. Jesus said he's the liar and the father of lies. Amen. But the Bible said that the law came by Moses, but grace and what? Truth came through Jesus Christ. So Jesus came to bring us truth, and the Bible said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 17, he says, thy word is truth. So every one of these weapons that we talk about in the sixth chapter of the book of Ephesians, it relates to the word of God. It relates to what Jesus has done for us and appropriated for us. And, it, you know, the first one he mentions is the girdle of truth. It's a belt. And it's an interesting piece of weaponry because the, everything kind of hangs on the belt, you know, the sword hangs on the belt and the breastplate was attached to the belt, you know, and it's a belt of what? Truth. Amen. So we need to win the battle of truth versus the lie. That's where the battle is. Now, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, he said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to what? The pulling down of strongholds. Okay casting down imaginations, okay, there again, thoughts, okay, see, it's a war in the area of thoughts, the truth versus the lie. He said, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, see, when people are bound, it's because they're strongholds, and there's strongholds not only on individual lives, but on society, cultural areas. You know, there's strongholds, there's particular strongholds to, to Wisconsin. I won't get into that tonight. Uh, you know, I might get in trouble. But, you know, every area has its own strongholds. I'm teasing you there a little bit. 
But, you know, there's strongholds in particular areas. Communism was a great stronghold. You know, Islam is a stronghold. And these are, these are things that Paul said we have power to combat. Can I have an amen? He said the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And when you go out to do something for God, amen, you need to be prepared because you're going to be assaulted with the lie of the devil. Amen. Now, in 1983, um, the Lord moved uh, my wife and I into ministry, and I became a pastor. I was really not very prepared. I had never been to Bible school. I did have a relationship with God. I knew some things about the Word, but I was, I was a novice. I mean, I was pretty, pretty much a rookie. But I did have an anointing. I knew the Word, and I began to minister to people. And through that situation, the Lord taught me. But I, uh, we started a church in northern Minnesota. I was the editor of a uh, secular newspaper in that particular town. And that was my job. We started the church, and we put a little... Um, Newspaper story in the, in the paper about the church that we were starting. And my boss, the publisher of the paper, came to me and said, what's this about? I said, well, this is a, you know, a little church we're starting. He said, oh. He said, well, you can be the pastor of that church, or you can be the editor of this paper, but you can't be both. And so I went home, and I prayed about it with my wife. And we sought the Lord, and we just felt like the Lord said, it's time for you to take a step and to follow me in the calling that's on your life. (laughs) And it was a little church, and we didn't have much money, and it was tough going. And not only the financial thing, but here I was all of a sudden in a whole new way of life, you know. Before I had had that structure, I'd go to work, you know, at a certain time and come home a certain time, you know, and I had my life... You know, everything was different. And all of a sudden, I find myself, as I was starting this church, that I became depressed. I was discouraged, big time. I mean, it was heavy, and I had never experienced anything like it. And somebody spoke to me, and they said, did you ever think that the devil might be coming against your mind? I said, no, I never thought of that. I just thought I was depressed. So they pointed out, that Satan might be assaulting my mind. The interesting thing about this, that we had services twice, twice a week. We had a Friday night service and a Sunday morning service. And I noticed every time I got in the pulpit, the depression would lift. I was just fine. I, you know, I, if we should have had church every day because, I mean. A friend of mine uh, a minister of the gospel, he had these little cards that had scriptures on them for different needs in your life. For example, if you needed healing, he had a list of healing scriptures. And uh, If you needed favor or grace or whatever, he had a list of scriptures with all these little cards with different topics. Well, one of them was how to stay free for, from spirits of oppression. Now, remember, I'm a Christian. I've been saved about six years. I was saved. You say, well, if you're saved, why would you be oppressed with spirits? Yeah, Christians can be oppressed with spirits, folks. Amen. Not possessed, but, but oppressed. Amen. That's why he said, neither give place to the devil, because a Christian can give place to the devil. 
Amen. Either in their lifestyle or in their mind or their emotions or whatever. So don't give place to the devil. So you have to resist the devil. He said to Christians also, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Amen. So this one little card said, how to stay free from spirits of oppression. I thought, well, I'm just going to take hold of the truth that's in those, in those scriptures. And I remember the first one was Galatians 5.1. It says, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free and be not entangled in the yoke of bondage. So I took that scripture and then I would personalize it and make it first person. And I would say, I'm standing fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made me free and I will not be entangled in the yoke of bondage. Amen. And the next one said, Him who the Son sets free, that's John, John 8, 36. Him who the Son sets free is what? Free indeed. Amen. I'd say, Jesus has set me free, and I am free indeed. Amen. And uh, another one said that Jesus said, I, had, I give you power over what? All the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So then I would confess out of my mouth, thank you, Lord. And see, I would have times of prayer, and I would use the word, you see. The word, use the word in your prayer times, because there's power in God's word. You know, heaven and earth will pass away, but his word will never pass away. I mean, it's sure, it's steadfast. There's strength in God's word, amen. So I said, Jesus has given me power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt me. And there was several scriptures. You know, another one, uh, first, uh, first Peter 5, uh, I think it's 8 and 9. Uh, Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resists steadfast in the faith. So I would quote it this way. My adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking to devour me. He may not devour me. In Jesus' name, I resist him steadfast in the faith. And I remember I used to always make a fist when I said that. Sometimes it helps to get physical with the devil. Now, it, it doesn't really, but it helps you. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to get in the right mode, and sometimes doing something physical will help you to get in the right mode. I have a friend that works in our, with our ministry. She answers the phone and ma does mailings and things like that. And she just went through a thing with her back. And um, she just had surgery about a week ago, a week and a half. And for the last four months, she's really had a lot of problems with her back. But she's a stomper. <laughs> and she was, I was talking to her on the phone the other day. She lives in North Dakota. And uh, she was telling me about after she went through this surgery, she came out and she had some battles. And she got her husband with her, and he says, she says, Steve, you've got to stomp on the devil for me. And so he said, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. So, you know, she's praying, and he's going, yeah, you know. He's giving this wimpy little stomp, you know. He said, and she says, no, 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 you've got to stomp on the devil, you know. Because the last four months, I haven't been able to stomp on the devil. You've got to stomp on the devil for me. Amen. Amen. You know. You remember that song, These Boots Were Made for Walking? And that's just what they're going to do. These little old boots, they're going to walk all over you. Amen? And we quoted the scripture in, in Ephesians chapter 1, where he said that 
Christ is above, far above all the principalities and powers and every name in his name. Amen? And he's the head of the body. So if he's above, then we're above. Amen? And the only place the devil belongs is where? Under our feet. Amen? So we're talking about God's boot camp tonight. And we are in a war, but we've got to be prepared. We've got to have our weapon. When you go to boot camp, they show you how to use your weapons. Amen? Go to boot camp, and they issue all your weaponry and all your gear, you know. And then they train you to use it. And when you become a Christian, God gives you all this weaponry. Amen. He gives you the ability to defeat the devil. Amen. But you got to learn how to use it. Amen. You got to get this equipment broke in. You got to get things operational. You got to know how to work this thing. Amen. God's boot camp we're talking about tonight. God's boot camp. Now, I wondered, why do they call it boot camp? And I did a little research, and I found out nobody really knows exactly why they call it boot camp. Everybody's got a little different idea. But somebody said, well, they call it boot camp because when the recruits go to camp, they give them some fresh, new, issued boots. And they're shiny and nice. Amen. <laughs> and they go through this whole training process and preparation process, and by the time that they're done, they're broke in. Amen. Their boots are broke in. Amen. And that's what it is. Not only the boots are broke in, but the recruits are broke in. Amen. And they're prepared to use their weaponry. So we notice these, all these weapons here, and we could preach on all of them, and, and, and they're all really, really important. But I really want to focus tonight on the boots or the footwear. I don't think they, you know, of course, Paul is talking about a picture from the Roman soldiers because he was in, in jail a lot and, you know, he was around the Roman soldiers a lot and he saw what, what they look like. And so he's given an illustration here from these Roman soldiers. I don't think they had boots like our soldiers do, but they had a, they had a specific footwear that they wore. And the, it, for the Roman soldiers, the footwear was very, very important. It was one of their greatest assets, it said, because they were powerful military power, you know. They were, they were really strong, and one of the reasons was is because of those boots or those foot, that footwear that they had to wear. And they said that on the bottom side of those boots, there were spikes sticking out, which was good because it helped them from slipping and keep their footing. Now, how many know it's important to keep your footing? Amen. I mean, you're not going to fight a battle real well laying on your back. Amen. So one of the most important things is what's going on with your feet. Amen. You need to have stability. You know, in Psalms, it said, you brought me out of a of a horrible pit and the miry clay and you set my feet upon a rock. You see, we need to be established upon the rock, Jesus Christ. We need to be established in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace so when the enemy comes against us, we're going to be stable and be able to stand. Because one of the first things the devil is going to do once you try to do something for the Lord, whether it's witnessing or praying, amen, 
or helping in the church, doing Sunday school or VBS or whatever, you make a decision to do something for the Lord. The devil wants to get you on your back and defeat it right away. He's going to try to knock you for a loop. That's why you need to go to boot camp, amen, and you need to learn how to get stable and strong, amen, and you need to get this preparation of the gospel of peace we're talking about. The other interesting thing about the Roman soldiers, footwear, <clears throat> is that, and I never realized this, that I always looked at the armor of God in Ephesians 6, that there's only one offensive weapon, and that's the sword of the Spirit of the Word of God. But actually, the footwear was also considered a, an offensive weapon that they would kick and stomp with. Amen. So it's not just a defensive weapon. It's an offensive weapon. Amen. So this is a very important part of our weaponry. You know, I understand that in uh, martial arts, I don't know anything about martial arts, but they put a tremendous emphasis on the stance and balance. Anybody here do martial arts? All right. Is that true? Yeah. So because, you know, you can kick and, and punch and, and do these defensive moves, but you've got to have your feet under you. You've got to know how to be balanced. So it's very significant what Paul said here about the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. We've got to be prepared, you know, to... Stand against the wiles of the devil and having done all to stand. Can I have an amen? amen? David said, he makes my feet like hinds feet. Praise God. He said, I can run through a troop and jump over a wall. Amen. So God wants to equip our feet to do the work of the gospel. Uh, Isaiah says, how beautiful are the feet of them who bring good news. There's a lot in the scriptures about the feet. Amen. And maybe this is something we, we've never thought that much about. It seemed like the Lord led me to think about this preparation of the gospel of peace. Because I see a lot of people trying to do something for God, including myself, different times. You know, and you begin to step out and do something for the Lord, and then you get knocked for a loop. Then you got to recover for a long time. Then finally get back up. Man, I'm dedicated. I'm going to get it done, you know. And that's the thing to do. If you get knocked down, you get up and keep going. Amen. But wouldn't it be better if we could keep our footing? Amen. And not get knocked for a loop. Amen. And, and be established in this walk. And it's important. It's important. See, sometimes, you know, it's interesting in, in battle and we've been watching this with the, the wars in the Middle East. You know, they wanted to do it all with airplanes and missiles. But there's certain things you can't accomplish with airplanes and missiles. What do you got to have? You got to have boots on the ground. You heard that phrase? It takes somebody to actually be there. And you know what? It's the same with the warfare that we're in in the Christian life. In the Christian warfare, we need boots on the ground. Amen? You can't just have radio ministry and television ministry and posters up at the store. Amen? You've got to have people out where the people are. Amen? We've got to have boots on the ground. And we've got to have boots on the ground that have been trained and prepared and, and able to stand. Amen? 
so that people can see, hey, there's some stability in that person's life. Amen? They must have been to boot camp over at Northern Lights Christian Center. Amen? And God established in the faith. Praise God. So we've got to have, we've got to have that, that stability. And that's why I believe that Paul talks so much about our walk there in Ephesians 4, 17, right up to this point. And then he says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. Okay, so he said we need the preparation of the gospel of peace. By the way, I believe Jesus went to boot camp. You remember what happened when he was filled with the Spirit? It said the Spirit led him into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The Spirit led him. Why? Because you've got to defeat that devil. Amen? He would have been harassing him all the time. He had to deal with him at the very beginning. Amen? So that was the preparation for his ministry. And what did the devil do? He came to assault him with a lie and to tempt him. And I think two out of the three times he said, if you be the Son of God. Right? So what did he come against? He came against who he was as as the Son of God. Amen? So what's the devil going to do when he comes against you? He's going to come against who you are as a child of God. You see, I believe the preparation of the gospel of peace is knowing who you are in Christ and walking it out on a daily basis. That's what I believe it is. Knowing who you are in Christ and walking it out on a daily basis. You know, you can know who you are in Christ from a sermon. Amen. But it's when you go out here on Monday morning to the workplace and there's all these unbelievers around, all these temptations. It's as you walk it out. Amen. That you walk in the power of who you are. Amen. The scripture talk about in... Uh, in uh, First Peter or Second Peter, about growing in different things in Christ, right? And he he says, uh, add to your faith virtue, and to your virtue brother brotherly kindness, and all these things. In other words, develop in the Christian life. And then it says, he that lacks these things is blind, and can't see afar off, and has forgotten that his sins were purged. See, we forget who we are if we don't walk in it. We have to walk in the light of who we are as a Christian believer. We have to know who we are, and we have to exercise that authority in our daily life, amen, on an ongoing basis in order for that power to be released in an ongoing way. Because otherwise, we're going to hear great sermons, but we're going to go out here and we're going to forget them on Monday afternoon, amen, because we're not walking in the light of it. He talks about that in James, too, about how, you know, the man who looks in the mirror, and goes away and forgets who he is. It's because we have to walk in the light. See, we have to have the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. We got to go through boot camp. Amen. We got to be run through our drills. Amen. Just like that thing I was sharing about my when I went into the ministry and that that uh, oppression came against me. And I guess I didn't finish the story. I do that a lot because I already know the end of the story. But uh, you know, I started confessing those scriptures about three times a day. And after about the third day, that depression was gone. Anytime it would come back, I'd just do that same thing again. 
Why? Because the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Amen? And so you can, you can crush depression, which is a lie, through the Word of God. Amen? You use that Word, amen, to slice the devil up. Amen? That's the sword of the Spirit. That's, the, that's that other offensive weapon. So what you say is an offensive weapon, but what you do, you see, your feet, your walk, that's an offensive weapon. Amen? Hallelujah. And you've got to have those defensive weapons too, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, all these things. But I'll tell you, I see the importance here. You know, because he said, you've got to have the whole armor of God. We emphasize all these other things. We've got to realize we've got to have our feet shod with this preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen. We've got to know who we are. Amen. Every day of our lives. We've got to walk in the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am a new creature. Old things are passed away. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Can I have an amen? I am more than a conqueror through him that loves me. Amen. I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Amen. That's what he said to be strong in. I'm not strong in Tom. Tom just doesn't cut it. (laughs) I'm strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I believe the Bible. I believe the word of God. Amen. Amen. And I have peace. My feet are set on the rock. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. There is victory in Jesus. Can I have an amen tonight? So what is the preparation of the gospel of peace? I believe it's knowing who you are in Christ and walking in the light of it every day. And when you go to boot camp, you get that thing established, amen, you get your boots broken, and you begin to walk in the light of it. Can I have an amen? amen? All right. Now, let's talk about peace a little bit as we're, we're just going to move towards the conclusion here. But it's interesting, he calls it here the gospel of peace. Other places talk about the gospel of our salvation, or the gospel of the kingdom. By the way, they're not different. They're all the same gospel. There's only one gospel. (laughs) The gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? But he uses different words to emphasize different things. Here he talks about the gospel of peace. Colossians chapter 1, verse 20 says that he has made peace by the blood of his cross. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the blood of Jesus made peace between us and God. That's the primary thing about the gospel of peace, is that we have peace with God. Can I have an amen tonight? Uh, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 says, We being then justified by faith, we have peace with God. In other words, before we were sent, we were, before we knew Christ, we were sinners. We were outside the covenant of God. We were separated from God. We're enemies of God, and that's the way we'll be. If we don't receive Jesus, we'll be enemies of God, and we'll be separated from God for eternity. But the blood has made a way for us to be reconciled to God and to have peace with God. That's one of the most important aspects of the gospel, that we have peace with God. Hallelujah. That is peace. Praise God. That we now are reconciled, and we're not at war with God. Can I have an amen? Okay. And then Jesus said some interesting things about peace. 
uh, John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus said, My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth. Well, you know, when I was doing the drugs and the alcohol and stuff like that, I was trying to get peace. You know, I smoked pot for some peace. But Jesus said, I give you peace, but not like the world. You don't have to go to the bar to get my peace. But I will give you peace. Now, on the night that I came to the Lord, back in 1977, I was tormented. I had been to work that day, had a miserable day. I, was, I had been going to church, but I was being pulled apart. It was like Satan was pulling me one way. God was pulling me another. There was a war going on inside of me. And I'm not going to share the whole testimony, but I was, I was headed for the bar, but somehow I didn't go to the bar. I went home. My wife and I had a big fight. Let me know when you don't have peace inside, then you won't have peace outside. I said, well, let's go for a drive. It was hot. We went for a drive. I thought, well, I'm going to the bar now. But we ended up at the preacher's house. And I told him how I was feeling, what was going on in my heart, what was happening as I was attending this church and different conflicts and things like that. And he just reached over and he put his hand on my head and began to pray. And this wave of peace came all over me. And all that turmoil of that day just evaporated. And I looked at him, I said, man, that's what I need. <laughs> he said, you know, you need to get right with God. <laughs> you need to be baptized. And you need to follow on to know the Lord, you know. So I got baptized that night and filled with the Holy Spirit. My whole life changed. But you see, we have peace. You see, he had peace. So when he laid hands on me, he imparted that peace that he had. Even though I really wasn't right with God then, but he could impart that taste of heaven through his hands. Amen. Thank God for that peace. And Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. And, and then he said at another time, uh, I think it's John 16. John 16, I think I wrote, wrote down here. John 16, he says, These things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He said, these things have I spoken to you that you might have peace. Everybody say peace. In the world you will have tribulation. God did not promise us a trouble-free life. Amen. In fact, all those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. We touched on that this morning. That was a big part of the emphasis this morning that God was wanting us to know that it's not always easy. Amen. We need to be prepared, amen, to suffer for the gospel. Not sickness and disease and all that the devil wants to bring that way, but there is persecution and there is tribulation. Jesus said in the world there's tribulation, but be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. Amen. There is peace. My wife and I were going through some trials this week. Just some different things, you know. And we got ready to do our radio program. I says, you want to take the week off? This, you want to take, take the week off doing the radio? We usually do it together. She says, no, I think it would be good for me. <laughs> and we got on the radio, and I didn't know what I was going to talk about. But I started talking about the rest, entering into the rest of God. <laughs> and I started preaching about it. And my wife and I started getting happy, you know. 
And so here's our, our radio listeners are <laughs> getting in on this conversation between us. Because, you know, just because you have troubles and tribulations doesn't mean you shouldn't have peace. Jesus came to give us peace in the midst of the storm. Can I have an amen? amen. And then after that, we did our 15-minute radio program, and she went and did her thing. I mean, it really helped us to get in the word, amen, and to enter into the rest. So the gospel of peace, you see, we have peace with God, but then we have peace in our soul. We have peace in our being that we can carry out into the world, into this world that's full of turmoil, you know, that's broken to pieces. And so we're making war, but really we're bringing peace. Blessed are the peacemakers. Hallelujah. We're bringing this peace with us. Another place Jesus talked about peace is right in the end of John there. And he says, peace be unto you. And he breathed upon them. He said, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And then he said, whoever sins you remit, they shall be remitted. Amen. We can release peace. Yeah, those people, they have to repent themselves. But we can bring that spirit of forgiveness to them and that grace to them so that they have a chance to get a hold of it. And that's basically what happened with this man that ministered to me when he laid hands on me. He brought that peace of Jesus Christ that was in his life, you know, to me. And you can do that with the people you work with. Amen. You know, witnessing is not always uh, going through the Romans road. Sometimes it's just praying for somebody that has a need, you know. Many times, you know, I'm sitting on an airplane with somebody or, you know, I'm in, in, with somebody that, that I don't really know very well. I'm, I'm asking the Lord for the access point in their life. I remember I was sitting on a plane going somewhere, I think to India, and there was a lady sat next to me, and we, and we started talking to her. She was of the Catholic religion. But I knew she needed Jesus. And I was just praying about this access point. And the Lord just showed me something was wrong with her kids, with her family. And so I said, well, how's things with your family? Well, how's things with your children? And she just opened up, and she just started sharing, you know. Because it was the access point. And then I just prayed for her, you know. Because this is, this is how people will open up. They, there's, there's a need. There's a need they have in their life. They don't know what they really need. It's Jesus, you know. But that felt need, that's the way you can, you can access that person's heart and begin to minister and bring forth the kingdom of God, see. See, spiritual warfare is not just sitting in a room somewhere screaming at the devil. Now, I'm not against that. I'm not, against, I'm not trying to criticize that. Okay, because I mean, I'll do that sometimes. But I'm, what I'm saying is your whole life is a spiritual warfare. Amen. But it doesn't have to, that doesn't mean it has to be miserable. <laughs> Amen. Well, I'm just warring against the devil, walking in peace today. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> he wants me miserable. <laughs> I'm just enjoying God today. You know, the Bible said that praise stills the voice of the, agenda, the, the avenger. Praising God just puts him out in left field somewhere. Amen. Walking in victory. Walking in victory. Walking in the gospel of peace. See? Walking in the, in the preparation of the gospel of peace. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Amen.
And then one other thing about this is that when you're out there doing something for God, amen, you got to be careful because if you get in an area of anxiety and frustration, you can end up in a war with people. That's why he said, we fight not against what? Flesh and blood. Amen. He says in Romans, follow peace with all men and holiness without which any man shall see the Lord. Follow peace with people. So follow peace with God. Follow peace in your own soul. Follow peace with people. Walk in peace. Forgive people. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. You know what the next verse is, he says after that? He says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Yeah, you hold grudges, you're giving place to the devil. Amen? So you see, you go to boot camp, and that old sergeant, he's kicking you in the hind, hind end, you know? You got to have peace. Amen? That's part of your training. You got to learn to walk in divine peace. You got to be like Jesus. Amen? And then when you go out on the battlefield you're going to have victory. So first of all, we have peace with God. Then we have peace in our soul. And then we have peace with others. We're bringing peace. Peace on earth, right? Goodwill towards men. That's the gospel. That's what Jesus came to do. That's what he was born in a stable in Bethlehem, to bring peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And you and I are just an extension of that. And that's our warfare. <laughs> That's a lot better than, uh, you know, uh, smart bombs and all that stuff. We're in the army of the Lord, amen, and we're doing good things for the kingdom of God, and we are a victorious people. Can I have an amen? amen. Hallelujah. So, do you have peace tonight? First of all, do you have peace with God? Are you right with God? We have peace with God being justified by faith. We have peace with God. It's there for you. Amen. And God wants you to have peace with him. But, you know, even though, you see, that's the person who hasn't really come to faith, hasn't really believed in Jesus Christ. They don't have peace with God. But you can have that, see, and not really be walking in it. Just like my wife and I were going through that thing. Well, we're saved. Amen. <laughs> We're saved. I have peace with God. But I had some anxiety. You know, I needed to enter into the rest by faith and walk in the light of the peace that he's given me. Amen. So could we just have a holy moment here before the Lord? And i just like everybody to just bow your heads before the Lord and just reverence for God in this place. If you would just bow your heads. And we just want to have a holy moment. Just ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your hearts. Praise God. And I want to ask you a question, then I want to give you an opportunity to come and pray. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. How many people tonight would say, you know what? I need peace with God. I need to be forgiven in some areas of my life and be made right with him tonight. I need that peace with God tonight. Would you lift your hand? All right. I see those hands. Okay. All right. Several here. Okay. All right. Well, praise God. There's peace for you. Okay. How many would say, you know, yeah, I'm right with God, but I have some turmoil. I need peace in my soul tonight. Or I need peace with some other people. Would you lift your hand if that's you? 
Lift your hand high. Okay. All right, so there's lots of, lots of us need peace tonight. Okay, those of you that raised your hand, would you just come forward and stand here and let's pray? Because God's going to do something. Amen? I believe God's going to do something. I believe in prayer. Amen. I know we talk about prayer for healing, but there's prayer. You can receive peace through prayer. One time my wife and I were just going through a turmoil in the ministry, and we went to a minister's conference. And they gave an altar call. They gave a message about, you know, uh, receiving peace. And we came forward, and there was a couple that laid hands on us. And we didn't fall over, or there was no fireworks. But, I mean, everything changed just because we came in faith, and they were in faith, and God touched us. Amen. Now, is there anyone else that would like to get in on this prayer today? All right. Praise God. Everybody stretch your hands this way. Begin to pray for these folks. Hallelujah. Just say these words. Just say, Dear Father, I thank you. Jesus came to give me peace. I thank you, Father, for your forgiveness through Jesus Christ. He died for me. His blood was shed for me. Father, I thank you for your forgiveness, for your healing, for your resurrection life. And Father... I thank you for peace. Peace with God. Peace in my soul. And peace with others. In Jesus' name. Fix me up tonight, Lord. Give me rest. Give me peace. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, I just thank you, Lord, as I touch each one. I thank you. You're touching them now. I think... Lord, even before I've touched them, you're touching them here, Lord. You're bringing a supernatural rest and a peace. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We believe it, Lord. We believe it. Rest for their minds. Thank you they let go. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Grace and peace be to you. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be unto you. In Jesus' mighty name. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, you know, we go back in the situation. The externals are still there, but we're going to make it. we got peace. We've got peace. Peace in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for your divine provision of peace in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray tonight as we're praying for peace for these that are here, that peace will multiply, that we will go with the preparation of the gospel of peace and bring peace to others too, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray for Christians that need peace, but also, Lord, for unbelievers who need your peace, that we will bring peace to a troubled world, Lord. In Jesus' precious name.
Yes, Lord. You say, I am your peace. Hallelujah. Shalom. Peace. Go in peace. Jesus said to the woman with the issue of blood, go in peace, my daughter. He let her know who she was. He says, go in peace. Peace be to you. In Jesus' name. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest to your souls. God, I thank you for these precious people tonight, Lord. And I thank you for the work of deliverance you're doing in their lives to set them free once for all, Lord God. And bring them into the inheritance that you have for them in Christ. In Jesus' precious name. Oh, Father. Thank you so much, Lord, that we can have peace in this world. In Jesus' precious name, thank you, God, for these young men that have come, Lord God. Thank you for your great love for them, Lord. Thank you for your Holy Spirit just being activated in their lives, Lord, to bring that peace, to bring that rest, to bring them into that dimension where their footing is sure, where they're steady on their feet, spiritually speaking, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. I just thank you for the anointing of peace tonight, Lord. I thank you, Father, for that rest for their souls, Lord. Thank you they receive it from heaven, Lord. In Jesus' precious name. Jesus' precious name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Father, for your goodness and mercy. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and give him thanks tonight. I may believe God answers prayers in Jesus' name. Let's thank him tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you for peace. Lord, in fact, we just speak a spirit of peace over this ministry, over this church. Peace. The preparation of the gospel of peace. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for that peace, Lord. Oh, Father. Hallelujah. Such a grace. Such a peace. As we trust in you, Lord. In Jesus' precious name, I pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Okay, I'm going to turn it back to the pastor here in just a minute, but I'd like to ask those of you that raised your hand for peace with God, uh, I'm just going to step over to the side here. I've got a little booklet I'd like to give you, okay? So those of you that raised your hand, those of you that are up here that raised your hand for peace with God specifically, would you just come and join me for a minute? I want to give you a little booklet and just pray a special prayer with you, okay? I'm going to ask Shannon to lead us in a song, uh, maybe that first one you started with, Shannon, there, and just um, let, let's just bring ourselves to the Lord, to the presence of the Lord, and, and just ask the Lord to... Hi, this is Susan Shanklin. We hope you enjoyed this message from Tom Shanklin Ministries. Tom and I would love to hear from you. You can write us at Tom Shanklin Ministries, P.O. Box 4144. 
That's P.O. Box 4144, Mankato, Minnesota, 56002, USA. When you write, please send us your prayer requests and your testimonies. We sure would love to hear from you. You can visit us also on the net at gopreach.net.